we had a bit of a hiccup when recording this episode. My headphones weren't working properly, unbeknownst to me, and so I kept asking our guests to adjust her audio. So anyway, you might notice that the sound quality is not as good as um, it typically is, not that it's ever perfect <laughs> on this very informal podcast, but you might notice a little bit of a difference, and I'm sorry about that. It is totally my fault. I need to get some new headphones. Welcome to the HDFS Careers Podcast, the podcast featuring informal conversations with family science majors about their professional journeys. My name is Erica Jordan. Today, I will be sharing my interview with Natalie Zuniga. Natalie is an academic educator for a healthcare system in Houston, Texas. She earned a bachelor's degree from the University of Houston with a major in human development and family studies and a minor in biology. In this episode, she shares the story of how she found the field of HDFS and her professional experiences to date. As is true for all interviewees on this podcast, Natalie's views are her own as a private citizen and do not reflect the views of her current, former, or future employers. Without further ado, here is her interview. Welcome to the podcast, Natalie. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. I'm so excited that you were able to take the time to speak with me for the sake of your time um, and so that we can get as much information in as possible. We'll go ahead and jump right in. Can you start by telling me, how did you discover the field of HDFS as an undergraduate? Because I know you had the HDFS major and you had a biology minor. How did you yes. discover the field of HDFS? That's such a great question um, because it was really, I, I'm a person that's really close to my faith and um, a person that um, uh, really uh, is really close to my spirituality. So it has a a kind of a role to play in this because I was actually, a, when I transferred to U of H, I was coming from UTSA and I had to transfer back home. And I was finding, I think I was a biotechnology major at that time. Okay. And though I was doing great in my biotechnology classes, I wasn't doing so great in my chemistry classes. And um, it was, I, I like to call, and I always talk about this when I'm presenting, even at, at my current job, I used to say, oh, I used to say I want to change the world and become a doctor. And my dad had passed away from cancer um, when I was very young. And so I knew that I wanted, I wanted to say, I want to go, go work in Nicaragua. He was from Nicaragua, go to Nicaragua and change the world, you know, and um, be a missionary doctor. Well, I went through school and um, I was, I, Biotechnology really interested me, but then it was biochemistry was that class that made me change my major. <laughs> so <laughs> I realized that after, you know, I cried my way through organic chemistry and uh, took it twice, but biochemistry was, it came real. And I did really good on the applied learning in the labs, right? But it was, I realized when I was getting not so great grades in the content classes, my, um, biochemistry courses, I realized I was probably not going to be a great doctor if I'm getting 40 on exams, right? Okay. And so um, I started my journey on, okay, um, I have to have this conversation with myself with what is it that I really want to do? And then I ended up kind of scheduling meetings with a bunch of advisors and going through, was it business? Well, I don't really want to be, but is it education? I love teaching, but not necessarily in a classroom. And so I started on my little, I guess, interview tangent, trying to really figure out what I can really do with my degree or what was, 
not with my degree necessarily, but what can I really do uh, with all these options and degree options, right? And um, what University of Houston has to offer. So in that um, interview process, I went to the education department and I was talking to the advisor about kind of the path. And I said, I love working um, with, um, I love working with people and I love understanding how people think and I love understanding humans in general, but I'm not, I mean, I could do education, you know, um, in a sense of teaching, but I, you know, she kind of saw that I was in a crossroads mm -hmm. and she actually introduced me. And I think HDFS was pretty new at that time. And she said, why don't you meet with an HDFS advisor? And that's when I, um, I don't remember who I met with that time at that was time. It, was it Kim Zanefield? Did it happen to be Kimberly Zanefield? She was one Kimberly? of my advisors, but it was somebody else. Okay, okay. I can't remember. Yeah. And so what I ended up doing actually is during that confusion is in addition to that, I went to the career center and I didn't realize how much the career center was a resource for students. Yeah. And, um, and I, and I, re I realized that I had never taken advantage of that and how people don't really take advantage of the career center. And they had me do, um, that's what it was. And I did meet with the advisor, but I was still kind of like, I don't know, maybe because I know some people, um, associate HDFS with, um, what was it? What you do like child life, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to child remember. Life, child, life child, life, child life specialist and stuff like that. Anyway, so I go to the career center because, oh, so that's what it was. Kimberly Zanfield, thank you for my memory. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I need to work on my brain memory. So uh, she we suggested. All I feel like I'm forgetting my name these yes. days. <laughs> Sorry for the kind of going, yes, in circles. So great. No problem. Um, she advises me to go to the career center that they make you take assessments and they kind of help you and coach you and, and tell you even more about the different options that you can do. So I go and they make me take a couple of assessments, um, like a strong interest and stuff like that. And then they made me take the MBTI assessment. And when I took the assessment, my results came back that I was an ENFJ and I felt like I had won the lottery <laughs> because I'm sure, I don't know if anyone that's going to listen to the pot is like me where you feel like you're confused and I'm a first generation. So I'm the first generation to attend college, mm -hmm. to graduate high school. And I'm um, a first generation in my family and my mother's from Peru. And so she came to this country when she was really young. So I'm the first person to kind of, um, for my family to kind of pave the way of pursuing education or higher education. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that I didn't really know of, you know, and I wish I could have known of this resource a long time ago when I first started my career, you know, yeah. or um, dealt with why I never really went to go get more information. But yeah. So when I got that, I was like, everyone needs to know about this. I, I told my family, I'm not crazy. It's not that I'm not like um, intellectual or I'm just different. Like I love to understand humans and how they click and how they, you know, comprehend. So from that assessment, I, I um, realized the, the, the area of human development and that um, through human development, it was, it was broad enough where it, I know it's similar to psychology, but it's kind of psychology and education mixed together. And when I looked at the courses, they, they really piqued my interest. 
So that's kind of how I came across HDFS. It was with the combination of attending, uh, going through the career services and then giving me my results where um, I'm probably going to work with people to take in consideration something in human development, those kinds of things. Um, and it just felt right, you know, yeah. and I, and the, the courses really picked, piqued my interest. Wow. Um, yeah. Say, that's, um, there's like so much to unpack and what you yes. share. No, that's really interesting. First of all, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss that your dad also lost a parent mm. um, as a child. Um, and I only say okay. that because like it is interesting yeah. how that shapes your worldview, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of, yeah, really becomes part of, you know, yeah. a defining feature of who you yes. are. Um, yes. And so you are at UTSA thinking, yes, because of, of this loss, I I'm, I'm mm -hmm. really wanted to pursue biotech. And in some mm -hmm. ways you really like it. In other ways, it's really not compatible. It reminds me of this quote that I've really come to embrace, I guess not well enough because I can't I haven't memorized a quote that well, <laughs> but it basically <laughs> talks about how, you know, quitting kind of gets a bad rap. And mm -hmm. actually the most, some of the most successful people, they quit, they just quit the right things. They you, mm -hmm. you know when to let something go. Like, you know, when something is just not the right fit um, yes. and to just let it go so that then you can focus on what is the right fit. Right. And so then you engage this, in this exploration process and I'm with you. I, I feel like the career centers of the world do not get as much exposure as they need to. And I tell mm -hmm. my current students, I'm like, follow the career center, check in yeah. with them. Like from the freshman year on, I went a lot as a, as a student, but you know, now that you mentioned it, it was often empty when I was an undergraduate. Right. <laughs> there were not many other people there and it, they have so many great resources, including, yeah, the Myers-Briggs uh, test mm -hmm. that you mentioned. Um, I am an ENFP by the way. Okay. Shout out yes. to the ENFs, but yes. I understand the J too. Um, but yeah, it is such a cool assessment. Some of these assessments mm -hmm. with every theory or assessment, you have some controversy, but I feel like mm -hmm. the reason that this one has stuck around so long is because it does resonate with a, a lot of people, myself included. And so that gives you some direction, which is especially welcome as you're a first, you said first generation college and first generation high school graduate. Is that correct? Yes, for here in the U.S. So my mother did graduate um, high school in her country in Peru, but here in the U.S., yeah. Here in the U.S., yeah. And so you're like paving the way um, and having to navigate a lot of these things without that, you know, generational knowledge of how things work here. So, exactly. um, that, so yes, kudos to you for having the courage to kind of make a switch and going through the exploration process so that you could find something that's a really good fit. Thank you. And, and like you said, um, it, it is almost a grieving process, right, to having to quit, especially as a first generation, you having to tell your parent, you know, my mom as a single mom, like, hey, I'm going to actually quit. You know, I know I told you I wanted to be a doctor, yeah. but I'm really not happy. And I, and I was having a lot of migraine attacks because it didn't come natural to me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like nothing comes natural. Everything you can study hard, but it just it wasn't something that I thoroughly, I think, enjoyed learning about science. So it was a, it almost felt like you were, it was a grief, right? Like a death to almost a dream that you have to tell somebody about. And then yes. all the money that you're wasting, you know, that you think, right? Yeah. Um, that, and, and 
people who may be listening to this and they understand the pressure sometimes that you carry as a first generation from immigrant parents, it's like you have to think about all that relationship and, and the, that emotional side too, right? That you yeah. may have different maybe dreams and that's okay, but they have changed. And you're right. It is, takes a lot of courage because you feel like you're quitting. I remember there was times, there was times, there was a time I would even ride the Metro to school and I would literally be crying on the Metro. Yeah. <laughs> like, am I a failure? You know? Yeah. And so you had to come to terms with that and almost accepting it and not, not identifying yourself with that grief or that change, you know, but it's just a part of your story. It is. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes ends up becoming um, one of the most powerful yes. parts of your story. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like you say, you still share it today. Um, yes. And in your work, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you find this cool major, you love the classes as you're reading about them. And so what is your experience when you actually do get into this major now at the University of Houston? Um, what is your experience? What was, what were, what was the major like for you? So I absolutely, for me, I loved it. And I think we had so much great, I I still, she wrote my, when I went to pursue my master's degree or pursuing my master's degree now, she wrote my um, letter of recommendation, Dr. Kimberly Sugar, And she was my first professor. uh, I think it was HDFS 1300, if I can remember. (laughs) And it was amazing. I mean, I loved it. I loved learning about um, human development. And then when we got into, um, even, even the challenging course, it was like Etsy 3300 or something like that. Um, about, and there were some classes with research. And so I really appreciated, um, the realistic approach of these classes. So there was a lot of learning. There was a lot of theory, right. And methodologies that we learned, but there was also the practicum classes, which I really appreciate because it really um, helped me uh, to prepare for the real world. Um, And what I mean by that is because sometimes um, we don't really know how what we're studying in undergrad applies to the real life. Yeah. So the classes like the practicum or some of the projects that we had to um, do in some of our classes where we had to go out into the real world and really practice how to work with people um, really builds on our skills. And we don't even realize it. Right. And so we right. have to do it <laughs> in real life, uh, really build my skills with people. Um, so it kind of gives you a little bit of that courage. Um, so I really appreciated that. So the content was good. The theory is good. I a hundred percent agree with that. But even as a, uh, in my field work that I do today, where I actually have to work with people, um, I really believe that some of those classes really, um, set the foundation for, for that, you know, and got me out there. Um, put you out there. You, just, you had to jump put in you out there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Definitely. I mean, and that's one thing that we see. And when you look at, there's not a ton of research related to the field on mm-hmm. uh, the professional outcomes. But um, one thing that you do see is that, yeah, that experience, people who take the, who somehow get that hands-on experience, whether it's embedded within a class or not, um, mm-hmm. that they are much more marketable in the workforce. So that makes total sense that that was so high impact for you, those practical mm-hmm. classes. Um, well, and then Kimberly Sugar, yes, Dr. Sugar. 
students love her. She's retired now, but she still does teach a little bit yes. for us. <laughs> yes. Awesome. And I think Dr. Constant at that time, I don't know if she's still with U of H. He's still, um, he is now great. the yes. Oh, that's great. So yes. I, uh, I think I had, her class was awesome. It was research methods. Okay. Um, I, I believe it was research methods. Um, really fun. She made learning really fun also and engaging and uh, it wasn't stressful, you know, um, but Good. she was just really, really, um, really a great teacher. So great professor, excuse me. So it was great to have her. So it's good to know. And she was, she was just, um, she had, it was her first year and we found out she was pregnant. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I'm sure, yeah. That's how, that's how long ago it was. I'm sure her family's great. And yeah. 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 <laughs> um, that's so cool. Okay. The, um, what else did you do be, besides the classes? And you already mentioned a little bit about how even through some of the classes you were able to get out there in the field a bit. But what else did you do while you were in college? What was your college experience like? Were you in any kind of organizations that stand out? Or did you work while you were in college? Or um, you just, what else were you doing during those years? Yes. So I did work. I had a couple of jobs okay. <laughs> when I was in yes. college. I really also, I, I did the um, HDFS. Um, what was, Human Development Student Association. Yes, I did that as well. Um, and I, I did work. I worked in a bank and I worked as a teller okay. uh, part-time. And then I also worked... Um, for some time as, uh, in the evening time. So I did that part-time mm -hmm. and it really supportive of my, of my uh, schooling. Awesome. And then in the evening, sometimes I worked at a steakhouse in the woodlands because at, at that time I lived in spring. So I would leave the bank and then go straight to work at the, at the steakhouse as a hostess. And then uh, there was a time for a short period of time that I actually had three jobs. So there was a time where I, um, after my internship, which is what you do at the last year, they offered me, um, a, uh, and then that's when I transitioned from the bank and all that. But I, uh, they offered me a little role as a um, executive assistant um, to assist. So I was an assistant to an executive assistant um, for some time after my internship. So I did have a, a kind of jobs. Yes. <laughs> cool. The executive yeah. assist assistant, where was that? Where was that position? So that one was at uh, with Eva Archer Smith, and that's where I completed my internship. And she was an executive coach. Oh, okay. And yes, so I did my internship with an executive coach, and after that, they offered me um, a role. I think it was like a part-time role, also. And that's when I decided to leave um, the. Um, I, I stopped with that. I just had to manage my hours. So I did like part-time being part-time that, okay. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so that means you did a good job, presumably <laughs> yes. at your, your internship. Yes. They want to hire yes. you afterwards. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, okay. People who are not from the Houston area may mm -hmm. not quite understand the gravity of everything you just said. <laughs> Okay. In Houston, we have a huge traffic issue, typically. Yes. I mean, even during yes. the pandemic, we have. She, I, I'm familiar with these places she's been yes. <laughs> Um, The University of Houston, the main campus where, where Natalie attended, mm -hmm. is basically in the southeast corner of town. And mm -hmm. she was living in Spring, which is all the way on the north 
out of West and was yes. working in Woodland. So you're zigzagging across our humongous yes. metropolis yes. Um, while you're balancing <laughs> these multiple jobs up to three jobs at one point and yes. taking classes. So you yes. clearly had a lot of discipline. Thank you. I never thought about it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> that is super impressive. Um, okay. So as you're winding down your time in college and you've, you've done this internship, what are your plans or what are you thinking about doing as you get closer to graduation? So what were your plans and then what did you actually end up doing right after graduation? Um, so as I'm, uh, I, I did my internship and I, and when I did it with an executive coach and my practicum, I, I knew that I wanted to work with adults. So I loved the human de uh, development and I loved working with children because there was even a time where at UT in San Antonio, when I was at UTSA, I worked um, as an afternoon teacher okay. at a, at a uh, school. I think it was like a Head Start school and I loved working with kids, but um, when I, I did my internship with an executive coach, I fell in love with um, consulting and um, and just working with adults with the personality assessments, the different uh, team building and, and those kinds of things, workshops. So I knew that I wanted to work in that arena. And um, so I continued working there um, once they, after the internship and once they offered me a little bit of a role. And I somehow came across... Um, I, so I knew that, right? Because you have to kind of navigate, you have to decide what's going to be your niche, right? And I know human development can be so broad. So do you want to work with children? Do you want to adolescents or adults, right? So right. I knew that and that helped me kind of stay my ground. So I'm not pulled in all these directions. Um, so I know that I loved, I loved working with, um, yeah, adults and humans. So, okay, so I knew that. And then I, at that time, uh, started working with a friend and um, a friend had like a tax business uh, who um, I call, I also consider, so today she's one of my most important mentors and um, she had, she's like, why don't you, you know, look into this, um, starting helping me, you know, launch this business with doing taxes and also business consulting where you can practice your skills, right? Okay. And so I was like, okay. Um, it was, and it was an advising as well. So I started learning from her and starting to grow. And I came across this new and upcoming, uh, Hispanic chamber that was meeting in the woodland. So I graduated and it was like January. I graduated in December. It was January. And I mean, I didn't really have any much experience at all, but I just knew that I was hungry and I wanted to grow. And I had done a couple of things with, um, uh, with, you know, team building, I observed a lot with my internship. There was things that I developed um, and I observed a lot of the team building and um, I, I wanted, and I started to volunteer with the chamber, um, with the Hispanic chamber. Of course, I joined the chamber with the business that we, that I was a part of, um, that I was kind of helping to grow and establish. And mm -hmm. so I joined the chamber and I was hungry. I mean, I was fresh out of college. I was very, very young. And uh, and I have to be realistic. I mean, there was a lot that I didn't know. And so I, I was just hungry though. I was hungry and I wanted to learn. And I, and then I started volunteering. I said, can I help, you know, I would attend every single chamber event. And that particular chamber was all about, uh, building and developing their members. So it wasn't just like throwing an event. If people are familiar with how, uh, chambers of commerce work, 
or networking groups work. They normally throw events and then you just meet and greet. But this particular um, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, they were all about building leaders, you know, building um, uh, business owners, right? In their marketing or is it their people skills? Is it their, um, they called it their commercial, how they present themselves, all those kinds of things. The president was really passionate about developing others. And so I started to volunteer my time and all of, and as we, as the chamber was starting to grow, cause it was, I think I joined when there was heart, like a five members wow. and then we were able to grow and I was, you know, volunteering, showing up, but I showed that I think passion and hunger to grow and learn and kind of roll my sleeves back, you know, yes. and help whether it was passing out cookies or helping people sign in and registration, you know, um, they offered me a role. They offered me um, a role there and he said, can you come be the, you know, help me with the director of operations and I'll help you and I'll, and he did, he helped, his name is Dr. Carlos Sanchez. He helped groom those skills in me and he saw that, you know, um, and so he helped me and we're able to grow the chamber. And so that's kind of where my career, I think, um, working with other people, um, uh, started in my presentation skills and those kinds of things because I would have to do presentations and organizing people and organizing groups and that's when it started kind of really taking off right after college but it started like volunteering you that's know so cool. um yeah. yeah wow this is really cool because you are using your network that you had you know you're using the mm -hmm. relationships that you have to just be open you know you, you might not have had a particular interest in tax services, but you know, you were kind of open to the opportunity. And then this leads to um, working with the chamber, the uh, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And then, you know, just like you said, just kind of being, being really engaged. So I know one of the things that Dr. Shoger says is show up, you know, kind of show up to your Yes. That really <laughs> resonates as I listen to your story. Like you did that. You were really hungry for experiences. You know, you could have never predicted that these things would happen. I mean, there were only five members when you start, when yes. you started showing up, but you were engaged and um, you were just willing to jump in there and somebody saw that in you and offered you this director of operations role and kind of, you know, in that same, along with that same offer, you get in mentorship, but this really cool role. Um, so tell me about what was your kind of daily work like as the director of operations when you were at the North Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce? Absolutely. So we kind of did a combination of things. So we were our own uh, marketing people, we were our own HR people, we were our own like uh, party planners on set, right? Because it was just me and the president kind of working. So it was making sure um, we all the events, right, that we had constant contact with our, um, you know, helping make sure that all of our events are running uh, thoroughly, that we knew we were going to do for, we have our calendar of events for the month and contacting. And then we started to have a board of, a board of directors, you know, who is going to be our board of directors attend every single meeting. So our mornings would start because we had networking events sometimes at 7am. So we had wow. to be there before 7am, you know, and it would be across town sometimes. <laughs> so yeah. we had to be show up and be ready. So there's times where it was okay. And so there's things that you just, like you said, you had to be show up, you had to kind of show up and just pay attention and, 
and be ready to um, be a great follower, you know, and yeah. um, a, be kind of like a sponge and absorb all the information from people who have been in this for a while or even other business owners or we would have speakers come, you know, and present. I mean, I was a big, gigantic sponge. <laughs> so I would yeah. kind of just be um, watching my surroundings, but I was also very coachable. So there were things that I wouldn't always do right the first time, right? And, um, but I maintained like, okay, I don't know everything. Like, uh, and so it's okay to ask questions or it's okay for me to say, I don't know. Or the moments that they, I would be, I don't want to say corrected, but they would just redirect me. You know, I would take it. And I was happy with that because that's the only way to grow, you know? So I, I always remained very coachable and teachable. And I think I was just so hungry to learn. So my day really looked like, okay, we're going to go through this event. Sometimes it was meeting with members. Sometimes it was meeting with potential members who really wanted to know what were their benefits, you know? Um, so, and then we started with that. I needed ambassadors because we're getting large. So I needed people to kind of help me with whether it's clipboards or looking for events. So then it was choosing who are going to be our ambassadors, you know, and helping with that as well. So um, it was kind of growing something from the ground up, you know, um, but yeah. I didn't do it myself. Obviously I was mainly there learning and, um, almost like a discovery thing, you know what I mean? And yeah. so establishing those board of directors, who are your loyal members, building those relationships and networking, but building genuine relationships with people and then getting the opportunity to learn how uh, to present you know, cause you're having, okay, once you start seeing like, okay, more people are coming <laughs> to your events. And so pr- practicing my presentation skills, um, and then coaching skills. So I learned that from also from the president who, um, had his PhD and, and also in the field of human development, um, and did some consulting. So there was things that he would help me and also train me in, um, and in certain courses and stuff like that. So I hope I answered your question. No, you did. It's kind you of, did. Okay, great. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> you, you learn so much when, yes. you're, when something is starting up, right? Like that's yes. all of the nuts and bolts and like under the hood of things. And, yes. and just how much is based on kind of trial and error and, and talking to people and being willing to be a lifelong learner like you, like you are, you know, you're so open to, to being coached and open to having feedback and like open to improving. And so, yeah, you, you learn a lot when something is being developed. Yes. <laughs> and so not only were you all helping to develop people and businesses and business owners and helping to coach them um, and, and developing businesses and, and economic development in the area, but you know, you're also, as you said, you were being developed in yes. professional development during the process as well, um, just by learning on the job. Um, yes. Okay. So you do that for, mm-hmm. uh, for a while. How long did you remain in that position? I think probably about a year. Okay. And so yes. then what then led you to transition and kind of what was your next step? So my next step was that I really wanted to work. Um, it, it was time, the chamber was going through a restructuring. And I think we were at that time going from nonprofit to profit. And so there is, I, I knew that there wasn't, it's kind of like if you hunt, you don't eat kind of thing. 
So I know that I, I was searching for a little bit more stability, you know, stability in a sense of, uh, with benefits and pay and all that kind of stuff. But not just with that, I think I needed, I wanted to see what else was out there. So I wanted a little bit more kind of structure. Um, I kind of was working backwards. People go from corporate to more entrepreneurship, you know, experiences. I went the other way. <laughs> so I wanted to go that route and I, and I was ready, you know? And so I knew that at that time after my, you know, I, I know I said this before, I loved team building. And I loved um, human development. I loved team uh, leadership development. And so I, with my, you know, with whatever experience that you have, you start realizing what you're passionate about. And that's when you and yourself and your own, because you have to own your development, right? In your own career. I'm like, okay, my niche, I know that I want to work with leaders and team building and those kinds of things. So, um, and again, your network is always large. So I had somebody in my network who was working at Houston Methodist, um, who is also a friend, a dear friend of mine. She's like family. And she was working as a senior training specialist. And she told me of this opportunity. So I was nervous, but I was ready. And so I joined Houston Methodist Hospital as a training specialist. And, it, and sometimes, yes, the, the, you can't get so attached to titles, right? Um, because sometimes you're like, oh, it's going from title to certain titles. I mean, you have to look at what are the experiences that this opportunity, this job role is going to give me, you know? Yes, and so, I, guess I see what you're saying. You're saying you went from like a director of operations yeah. to training specialist. And somebody might see this director versus specialist. And mm -hmm. especially if they're unfamiliar with right. the field, they <laughs> might not really understand. They might think that you're I don't know, taking quote unquote the wrong path, which that's the right. debatable anyway, but <laughs> yes, yes, right. And so I um, took on the role and I wanted to learn and I realized that I was kind of coming back to circle with working in healthcare, but it just looks different. So I knew that I always wanted to come back and have an impact on medicine um, from what I told you with working yeah. with people and wanting to become that physician because of my, it becomes part of your identity, right? Yeah. Um, your story of losing a parent. So I knew that I wanted to work with, um, with, on, you know, work with medicine, but just different with the people. And to be honest, I didn't realize because usually there's not an undergraduate degree like in hum like um, IO or organizational development. So I didn't even know it was a thing right. until you know you start you start getting your foot out there into the real world, quote unquote, you know what I mean? Yes. So I knew that I wanted to do training and facilitating of teams. So this role came up and I took advantage of it. And thank God I had another leader who was like, she's young, but I want her part of my team, you know, and I, I'll teach her, you know, and I'll give her an opportunity. And, and my, from my skills with people from the chamber, my presentation skills, um, that kind of got me the job so that that grew those skills that were needed for that role. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you're able to like kind of build on, as you said, you know, with, with experience, you start to become more and more focused on, you know, more and more focused on the things that you, that matter to you most in your work, you know, early yes. on, even in your internship, you learned how much you really enjoyed working with adults and kind of this kind of uh, team building 
and leadership development. And then that just continues to be honed. You get this variety of working with so many different types of um, industries through the chamber yeah. and um, mm -hmm. through the tax business. And then now you're able to um, finally take a, a step forward in that health field in a different way, in a way that you never could have anticipated before. You know, you're still right. able to make an impact in the world of healthcare. Um, and also you've always been so interested in working with people and development. So you're able to help, help others develop. So that's really cool. Um, can you tell me about kind of what your typical day might've been like um, in that role? Sure. So I led new employee orientation. Okay. So that was one of my responsibilities. Yeah. And so sometimes my days, and that was every Monday. So I, there was times where I did it every Monday and sometimes it was every other Monday. So I led new employee orientation for Houston Methodist and class starts at 8 a.m. But again, I live in spring. Wow. So, you know, I had to come really early and then take the shuttle in. Nothing quite glamorous about the no. shuttle. So, you know, taking the shuttle in and making sure, you know, traffic because it gets really bad after 7.30. So I just knew, I knew my, my schedule. I have to, and if I want to beat this wonderful Houston traffic, I have to leave my house before 6.30. Um, that 30 minute difference added like two hours to my commute sometimes. Wow. So just woke up really early every, every week. And um, I learned how to teach new employee orientation. And that new employee orientation was two days long, but I taught day one. And I really enjoyed it because I was able to really, um, fall, I fell in love with the Houston Methodist culture and all what I was teaching was the Houston Methodist culture and what the Houston Methodist experience was. So I had people in a room. I mean, sometimes our classes range from 50 to 200 people, you know, but I was able to um, teach an eight hour class but I'm a people person, you know, if you can't tell already. Yes. So I'm teaching a class that was eight hours long. Uh, sometimes it would be hard on my feet, but um, I really enjoyed teaching the vision and the mission and our values to everyone that was in that class. It could be physicians in that classroom to someone who worked in, in food services. It didn't matter. Everyone is a part of this brand, wow. you know, so to be able to be a part of that and of their first day of, there's a reason why they woke up at 6 a.m. to be here, whether it was a paycheck or a mission that they had really close to their heart or because they're a generational nurse, you know, their mom and their grandmother. I mean, I've heard so many stories, you know, yeah. or they came back, whatever it may be, it was that connection with people. Um, so my day started like that, teaching the employee orientation. And then I, um, and that took some time to learn, you know, so my, my first goal was to kind of get that under my belt. And then I, um, I also helped with certain projects. So I worked for the leadership development department. And so we are responsible for new employee orientation, but then also on, I was, a, we have um, in the leadership development department, we function like a corporate university for leaders. And so there was meetings that I was a part of and initiatives that I was able to be a part of that our department was responsible for like our corporate university structure. So we had super supervisory management and director level training um, that were like a uh, uh, 10 week programs at the time. And so I was able to kind of sit in those meetings um, and kind of help with, um, with, you know, kind of learn a little bit about what they do in the leadership training and development. And then um, so some of, so I, I was able to help with the mentorship program there. 
um, and kind of take on that, the program during that time. And that looked like building again, those relationships, kind of trying to see how the program works and formalizing the program. So uh, when it comes to like a tracking system or um, matching people, you know what I mean, to their role. So everyone who was a part of the, the supervisor, manager and director pathways, that's what we called it, pathways, each person um, got a mentor during their program, during their time, who had, who had been through the program already. So they're donating their time. So it was my responsibility to make that match and find a mentor for them. So my days, it was never, it never looked the same every single day. You know, Mondays I'm teaching new employee orientation. And then one day I'm thinking about, okay, what are the programs that we're offering and um, how are we going to improve them, you know, or um, the mentorship program, how can we make it better? And, and then I also help with certain initiative project, a system initiative projects for engagement mm -hmm. that our department was responsible for and really just being on the team and, and learning. So sounds so cool. I, one thing um, that sticks out to me is um yeah with you teaching that eight hour training i feel like coming in that would be intimidating to me because <laughs> i'm new to the organization first of all i do think it would yes. be really cool because yes you're the one who is like you're one of the first faces of that organization to really you know um get people to buy into this culture and get them excited about it and get them you know making them feel welcome which that is a huge that's a huge component of employee retention and everybody knows it costs a lot of money to lose employees and have yeah. to recruit and retrain new ones. So like you are a critical component um, of being that first day orientation, one of the first really involved interactions that people have. But I feel like I would be so intimidated to talk for eight hours if I were new. <laughs> so how long, how long did it take you to kind of learn that orientation, you know, before you were doing it on your own? Um, so it took me a couple of months. I, I would say they, I, I did it in chunks. So it okay. probably took me about four months or so. Okay. Um, so every, I sat in, you know, a couple weeks and I just listened and I just watched and I took notes and, you know, they had facilitator guides too. Um, very, very thorough facilitator guides, um, on when to say this one day, because it's, you, it really is, um, an art to it almost right there's a time you're supposed to click this and <laughs> say this and, and not so it, i had i wanted to get it so right but you're right uh so there was times where i taught like the first half of the morning and i did that every week until i got comfortable then i taught half a day okay. and i did that a couple weeks so i was comfortable so i did do it in sections so i did That's it different. yes yeah order. Uh, mm -hmm. um and i will also say whatever you're doing down there. I mean, so, so we don't live far from the med center. Um, so, and by the way, that shuttle bus life is real. If when you live, <laughs> when you work in the med center, everybody, yes. it doesn't matter. There are a lot of people at various levels on those shuttle buses. Um, but yeah. the, uh, um, I've had multiple people who I've known who have like had to be a patient <laughs> And he was yes. to this, you know, spanning a wide range of ages. And a lot of them have a, a lot of nice things to say about the experience. So that's good <laughs> to know that people, I guess, are buying into the culture. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so y'all must be doing something right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So 
you stay in this role for um, how long, or is this your current role, or do you make one more? No, I did make one more. Okay. Which was very hard. When I feel like this was probably after changing my um, career, this was probably the next, you know, my, my major. This is probably one of my toughest decisions I have because I'm a person that I pride myself in being loyal. <laughs> so, and because I fell in love, I mean, I loved what I did, you know, and I loved the opportunities and exposure. And I'm still today, I love the leadership development department. And it will always have a special place in my heart at Houston Methodist. I mean, they really care about their leaders and employees and the culture. And they're all about that. So, and I loved it, but I did one more jump and I stayed in this role for about two years, I believe. Yes. Two years. And then I um, was approached and got recruited to academic, um, the academic medicine side, academic development. And, um, when I, when I got recruited, I mean, I remember it took me maybe like three weeks to make the decision. Even my current director at the time was like, you just have to make a decision, you know, um, because it was so hard because I felt like I was getting in the groove of stuff. I got, you know, new employee orientation under my belt, um, building those relationships with leaders, you know what I mean? And getting more opportunity to now be even much more creative and uh, being a part of more projects that they were trying to, uh, they were developing and about to launch. And when I got, it was kind of like, oh my goodness, this is something new. I was getting so comfortable in this role and kind of yeah. had my rhythm down, you know what I mean? Um, and knew what to expect. And, but I knew that I wanted to grow. So this was a lateral move into this new role and um, being the academic educator. So now instead of teaching, you know, leaders or developing programs for our leadership team, what we do is that we support the entire system also, but it was more to researchers, scientists, and um, fellows and medical students and faculty. So it's more academic. Okay. Um, then from the corporate side. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about the differences. Cause yeah, you're still working in kind of this. Oh, well, I mean, I guess there's some similarity. Yeah. You tell me what are kind of the similarities and what are the differences? So the similarities is that I'm still teaching, right? So I have courses that I teach, but the audience is different. Okay. So the audience is different because I'm not doing new employee orientation or where I have like 200 people. Now I teach like one hour classes, um, but the content, so we have a menu of services and we offer like 50 something of worth of classes. And some of the classes are professional development and emotional intelligence. So these are the classes now that I'm teaching, but the audience is to physicians, to fellows, to residents, to medical students, um, to faculty members. And also there, there's a times we do open it to all staff. Okay. So they'll come and ask us, can you come teach us these classes? But they're specific and there's a lot of science behind them. Okay. Um, so we provide the science behind teaching and learning, the science behind how um, emotional intelligence works, you know, yeah. and um, provide those skills. So it's different because it's not catered to just leaders, but now there's a little bit more academia involved in it as well. Okay. Um, and you have to provide the research, you know? Yeah. Um, so the audience is different and um, we're catered to building also the professional development for all staff where all staff can come okay. and there's shorter classes as well. So, um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is, I, I can see definitely the difference there between like onboarding someone into the culture or um, supporting someone as they are serving as a mentor or a leader versus um, these more topical classes like emotional intelligence where, yeah, or, or providing them with emotional intelligence skills where you're having to drill down a little bit more into the weeds, so to speak. Yes, and we also teach classes on research. Okay. So like research methods, and that's the classes that I'm learning now um, okay. that I'm going, that I'm going to help you teach. You loved that when you were a student, so that's great. Yeah. <laughs> you loved research yeah. methods. I remember you mentioned that. Yes, research methods and statistics. So it's really more of that academic classes, but it has more of an academic feel to it. Gotcha. Do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that is a cool new challenge. Yeah, so it keeps yes. things fresh for you. Like you said, yes. you've probably gotten really comfortable in the other role. Yeah. <laughs> on the one hand, sometimes it's nice to be comfortable, but on the other hand, it's nice to have a new challenge. Yes. you engaged. Yes. That is really cool. And so how long have you been in that role? So I've been in this role for a little over a year now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, congrats on that one too. Thank this is you. so, it's, it's been so interesting hearing about um, your career trajectory. It's, it's um, I think it's so important to feature um, people like you, professionals like you, because um, we know the field of human development and family studies is interdisciplinary. It's been interdisciplinary since its beginning roots. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I think a lot of people still, you know, they don't think about how it's related to something like business, to something like healthcare, you know, this side of healthcare. So um, it's great to see how you use some of your knowledge and your skills working with people and then, um, you know, your, your knowledge of, uh, of theory and learning theories and just theories about how people develop and how you're able to use that in your world with adult development and training and education. Yes, um, thank you. I mean, it, it really is a part, like you said, it's, and we don't really know until we kind of get out there, um, right. but you, there really is so much you can do with it. If you're in training and development or leadership and development, you know, um, continuing education, there's so many things that, yeah that you can really do with it. It doesn't have to, I remember at that time, I thought it was just going to be just child life, you know, specialist right. or um, education or teaching or doing um, social work or it really, it, it really gives us, it's so broad enough, but specific. If you just want to work with humans, you know, there's so many things that you can do um, with, with the classes that, still help me today. You know what I mean? Like definitely how people learn and where are they at, you know, those kinds of things. So yeah. Your practicum class, do you remember, was it with Dr. Sharon Johnson? Yes. That was one of my practicum classes. Yes. Sharon yes. Johnson. Yes. I just remember the, that yes. was a class she really, yeah, she was really passionate about to kind of yes. apply as well. Yes. So, um, I have just one more double barrel question yeah. to ask. Um, is there anything else that you want to add that I didn't ask? And then do you have any advice for students or new professionals? My advice for new students, you said new students? Uh, students or new professionals, oh. or really anybody. Okay, <laughs> students or new professionals. I think one of the thing is to remember that it's all going to work out, that whatever decision that you make, um, 
whether if it's you made a logical decision or went with your gut, you know, it's going to be okay. And as long as you stay hungry, if you show up with your eyes wide open, you know, there's people who really want to see you succeed um, and really um, allow people to mentor you and to coach you. And though it feels like you don't know where you're at right now, or maybe you do know where you're at right now, take advantage. I mean, be a sponge. I know you probably guys hear this all the time, but the life will, and people in your path in your career life, if you, they will help you get there. You know what I mean? And um, just be encouraged. I don't know where you're at right now. Maybe you're in a place of confusion and that's okay. Or maybe you're saying, okay, I know exactly where I'm going to go and that's great. And then it's okay to share with other people your story, or there's going to be a time when I helped with the internship program too, um, with the leadership development, I helped kind of sew into other interns. I was able to give back everything that was, and hopefully continued, that was given to me, you know, those opportunities of growth and development and come sit down. We're going to talk about your career path. You know, this is my story. And so it kind of, um, I would suggest like just stay encouraged that everything ends up working out. If you're hungry, if you feel like your heart is in this and um, you need and ask for help, you know, and go to the career center. If all else fails, take advantage of those resources that U of H really provides for us because they're really helpful. And there's so many people that really want to help. All you have to do is ask, you know, people, whether it's your professor, I used to be scared to even ask help from professors, you know, um, but there, I remember if you just open up and say, I need your advice on this, or is there anyone you can connect me to, um, to build that network, you know, and um, build those strong bridges of your network as well. Um, and there's so many people out there that can help and guide you. And it's okay to show up and say, I don't even know where I am. I don't know where to start. I don't know where I'm going, you know, and just start somewhere. Um, and so I hope, hopefully this is encouraging you. I know my story is kind of all over the place sometimes, um, but it's hopefully it's a, it's a encouragement to, to see how it comes around full circle. Um, and you end up finding out what you really love to do. And if anything, take advantage of that career center. It's a great starting point, or even if you're in the mid crossroads of your kind of career change and you need some resources, I know the U of H center is great. For Just a it, great starting point. I definitely, yeah, I concur. I sometimes even today wish I could just go hang out at the career center. They have so many things <laughs> to offer. Um, yeah, I think that that's, yeah, perfect. Um, that, that's great advice, you know, just kind of getting out there and get started doing something will really kind of help you. And so if you're feeling discouraged, um, you know, it's okay to feel discouraged, but you don't want to just stay stuck in that discouragement right. and have it um, keep you from moving at all. You kind of take that step out, then you find your way. I love that. But thank you so much, Natalie, for sharing your story. Um, I love getting the, the fact that these get to be long interviews and we get to like hear all of the different details about people's professional journey. And I just I thank you for being so open and sharing yours and sharing your time as well. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. Really, it's such an honor that I'm able to share a little bit about my career path. And hopefully it's an encouragement. Um, and it's encouraging me too, you know. Um, You're definitely an encouragement. You're an inspiration. Oh, so, thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the HDFS Careers Podcast. 
If you have recommendations for HDFS or other Family Science alumni to interview, please reach out to me at hdfscareers.com. Don't worry if they're not working in a job that would normally be considered in the field. I'm interested in hearing a variety of stories, especially if they are working outside of academia. If you like this podcast and want other people to be able to find it, please rate it and review it in iTunes. Until next time, keep exploring your future possibilities.